You're listening to Dodge Movie Podcast. Your hosts are Christy and Mike Dodge, the founders of Dodge Media Productions. We produce films and podcasts, so this is a podcast about films. Join them as they share their passion for filmmaking. Welcome back, everybody, to episode 104 of the Dodge Movie Podcast. We are going to talk about language lessons, which came out in 2021. We watched it on HBO Max, so if you have a subscription to that, you can watch it for free. It is written by Mark Duplass and Natalie Morales, and Natalie was the director. It stars Mark Duplass and Natalie Morales, as well as a very brief stint with Deshaun Terry and a VO from Christine Quesada. The DP is Jeremy Mackey, and we know him from Seven Days, and the filming is maybe Costa Rica, but I think LA is where it was filming, but Mm -hmm. I can't verify that. The synopsis for this film is a Spanish teacher and her student develop an unexpected relationship. And the tagline for this film is get lost in translation. Mm, Okay. All right. All right. I wonder if they're trying to kind of play off of in translation or lost in translation because that was such a big movie. I would assume that's what they're trying to go for. So let me give you a little trivia and then we're going to dive in because I know you have thoughts. I have thoughts about a lot of things. (laughs) Okay. So this film was in about April or May of 2020. Mark was sitting at home and he had made the sourdough bread and he had had done all the things that every- Yeah. Like knitting. Yeah. Is that another common one? And he he took some Spanish classes because he's sitting around at home and he's bored. No, si, bueno. So- (laughs) So a very close friend of his had died recently and he ended up to practice his Spanish. The Spanish teacher wanted to speak conversationally with him and he found that he hated kind of like the small chit chat. So they started talking about some pretty deep issues and he started to see that their relationship was growing because they were sharing kind of some more personal, intimate things and kind of dealing with some big topics like grief and And, you know, maybe some anxiety or fear. And so he noticed the platonic relationship that they were forming and wanted, of course, as a filmmaker, storyteller, wanted to explore that. So he called up his friend Natalie and said, do you speak Spanish? And she said, we. And (laughs) I stole that joke from them. I'd watched. That's a great joke. A bit of, you know, doing research. I've been watching a lot of YouTube videos and I stole that joke from them. So they, from that conversation where he asked her and then told her the germ of the idea to completion, they did it in four weeks, filming everything. That's impressive. I know. And so they, they kind of, they didn't really write a script, but that doesn't surprise me with a a Mark Duplass film. Yeah. They, they did the arc and they mm -hmm. did the beats. They knew what each conversation needed to get to. Sure. But they did not write word for word and then memorize and then perform word for word. They knew like in this scene, we need to hit this beat, this beat and this beat. Let's go. Then pretty impressive if he spoke Spanish that well. Yes. He I think kind of like they say in the film, he did some in high school and he just wanted to kind of brush up on. I agree. I was super impressed with his Spanish. Yeah. Yeah. I recognized what he was saying based on my high school Spanish, but I couldn't have spoke it as well. I can't even speak English that well. (laughs) 
<laughs> me talk pretty one day. <laughs> um, yeah, he spoke it like about like that. You know, someone who had a decent knowledge, at, you know, at one point and had brushed up on it. So yeah, I could understand it. He was speaking more slowly, which allowed me to understand it more. And right. he was using a simpler vocabulary, which I could recognize. Mm-hmm. But I thought that was spot on. So again, mad props to him for landing the Spanish lines perfectly. Right. And so why don't you kick us off with your pickup line and then maybe different than we normally do before. We usually talk about the cinematography, but maybe we should talk about the writing first after you tell us the pickup line. Sure. The pickup line is, hello, hola, Adam, which, okay, kind of works, kind of works. Yeah, a little bit. Now that your theory is only for romantic comedies, correct? Oh, no, I think all films. So, okay. In storytelling, it is something that was beating into me that I definitely still believe, and that's start later. Come into the story as late as possible when stuff starts happening. So that's what my thinking is. That first line, ideally, in my opinion, needs to be stuff is happening right now, and that is setting up why the viewer should immediately care. Yes, and and this one does. Um, my professors used to say, "Drop them in the middle of the action." Yeah. So yeah, yeah, that definitely, and that's and that's what they're doing. So we start to find out. It's you know, it's funny because I was not a Zoom user <laughs> previous to March of twenty twenty, right. and we all kind of clumsily and like today I was on a call and people are still being clumsy with it. So it sets up that they're struggling with Zoom and kind of the connection. He doesn't even realize he's on Zoom. His his husband uh, yes. surprised him. And so she knows she's supposed to be there for a lesson, but he kind of accidentally figures it out. And it's it's funny. I yeah, think. Yeah, it is funny. From a writing perspective, I thought that was interesting. I made the note because I didn't know that it was his husband at first that they seem more like brothers. In particular, you surprised me, startled me, so I'm going to beat you. That was just... Mm, that. Well, no, they were just like wrestling. Like, oh, you, don't you wrestle with your... I guess I'm just a little uncomfortable in a romantic relationship introducing violence. <laughs> but they weren't violent. It was like playful. I, I got the feeling uh, that it was okay, playful. Okay, again, this it, is just me. I, I There's <laughs> a firm line there. Okay. I, I don't believe in, in beating on people that I like. So um, that was... But uh, it sets up why he's kind of unaware or new to this, right? Because if he had set up the lessons himself, there would be no opportunity for exposition. But here, because he's been dropped into this, he's kind of like, I don't know what's going on. So that allows both of them to give the audience some exposition, which is a clever way to do it. Yeah. And I liked the line, um, it's in the trailer and he goes, well, did you buy me a hundred Spanish lessons? And he goes, yeah. And he goes, why? And he goes, because you want to learn Spanish, dummy. <laughs> <laughs> and we don't believe in name calling in our relationship, but I thought that was really funny. <laughs> right. Well, well I, I have to say that while I don't believe in name calling, again, to preserve good relationships. Yes. But in storytelling, it can be very funny. And I'm thinking of my name is Ariel. Dummy. Right. That right, was a very right. funny I, I did want to take a little bit of a detailed look at the lessons because when it works out, mm. it's $10 per lesson. Okay. Yeah. And that immediately struck me as that's got to be like a five minute lesson. It was a half an hour. Th- that's not a sustainable business model. 
Well, I think the thing was, is it was bulk. I think, you know, because it was $1,000. It was $1,000, but that's $20 an hour. Although maybe they're supposed to say in Costa Rica, the dollar goes farther. I don't know. But right. okay. All right. That's what it is. Half hour for $10. That's quite a deal. Yeah. Maybe the other Spanish teachers are angry at this film because it's ruined, <laughs> taking the bottom out of their market. So let me, I did some research and from a Hollywood Reporter article, Natalie said that after they decided to do the film, she thought, let's each go on our own and kind of figure out the backstory of these two characters and who they are. And then let's try to figure out how we can kind of collide their stories and how their lives would affect one another. And so, like I said, they said about 70% of it was written out and the rest was improvised. Right. Uh, isn't Ben Affleck known for doing a lot of research on his characters <laughs> and backstory? Yeah, I, I really liked what she did with the character that... Later in the film, right, he's seeing her as like, oh, she's being beaten by someone. She's like, no, I got in a bar fight because I'm an idiot and I was drunk. And I really like that that story twist because so often, right, again, the woman is portrayed as a victim. Somebody's beating her up. She needs him to come in and save her. And she's like, no, I'm an idiot. I did. Mm -hmm. I got drunk and I did something stupid and I got beaten for mm -hmm. it. And. I, and I think, too, in, you know, certain cultures, that is more common to if you mouth off whilst drunk at a bar, another drunk will punch you. And that that's just a kind of natural consequence. So I like that. It wasn't a fighting film, but she'd done something dumb and got whooped. Good, good, good to know if we ever go to Glasgow. <laughs> oh, yes. Are you familiar with the Glasgow kiss? Yes. Well, don't don't experience one. <laughs> It was interesting because that came up and he even admitted, Mark, that, you know, his own kind of white savior was coming to play and he was putting that out there. I was interested to see that Natalie Morales kind of jumped, I don't want to say to his defense, but to say, well, why else wouldn't he feel that way? Because that is the story that we're all told in other films. You know, it's the the poor Puerto Rican hooker who is getting beat up <laughs> or you know, I mean, I just think that I think sometimes we have to check ourselves, but then also I think sometimes we have to look at the mess, like the content that we're being fed in a way to say we need to see characters in all walks of life and all strata so that we don't make these assumptions that they're the maid or the hooker or the, you know, and I thought. And right. I think, but I feel like if some like blonde haired, blue eyed rich princess from the good part of town shows up with a black eye, you would expect someone to be concerned like, oh, do you need some help? Because right. you so, look like you lost a fight. Right. So maybe it's not a racial issue. It's just a gender issue. Like we need to just see that everybody can be an asshole. Right. Everybody can be an asshole. But I, I, I don't want us to throw out the baby with the bathwater here. I think it's good to be concerned about another person, even if it was a male. Like, oh, you look like you lost a fight. Do you need help? Or do you... Um, like the dream I had where T.J. Miller made me go to the hospital because I had a concussion. <laughs> that was very nice of him. You've told us that story seven times. <laughs> nice callback. <laughs> From the very start, they made Mark's character gay. Ish. and he, huh? was, he was married to a woman at first, and then he, he, he left the woman to be with his husband, but then he also develops feelings for Natalie, so... No, it was strictly platonic because they made a point. They, they, It's a platonic relationship. There was, 
he cared for her as a human being, but he didn't have feelings for her. Well, that's not how it landed to me as a viewer who didn't see those interviews. He Early on, I made a note, he refers to the relationship, and at the end when she shows up at his place... They hug. Yeah, but she flew to a foreign country to live with him. No, no, just for a visit. It's not how it landed to me, sorry. Maybe I have rom-coms on the brain. <laughs> well... So, so, sorry, Natalie and Mark. Uh, that's, I'm just being honest. I'm not trying to be a problem. I'm telling you, literally, that's how I that movie landed with me. I'm stunned that you hear you say that. I trust you. I believe that's what they said, but it didn't land that way for me. No, I hear you because definitely her showing up at the end set up, or not set up, but it confirms kind of the trope of they get together in the end. So I could see it does look romantic. I I see it. Well, and uh, again, this is, I guess you'd call it heteronormative, but I'm sure boy and girl. But to me, the thing that made that natural was that he was married before. And I don't see people as being 100% either way. Like to me, it, it didn't at all bump me when he said he'd been married to a woman and then he met Will and, and, and like, okay. I mean, I was like, all right, you know, he, mm-hmm. he met another person. So to me, that like that established that character. So kind of fascinating story. Love to sit down with Mark and have a chat about it. So mm-hmm. next time he's in town, Mark, give me a call. Let's have a combo. <laughs> what did you think of how they split it up into the different lessons? There was comprehension that's when Will died. There was context. That's when we oh. see the black guy. Then grammar. It's when she tells him that they, she tries to create a boundary, that they're just going to stick to the book. I loved that. Mm-hmm. I thought it was great because it was like vocabulary flashcards, but then it also established kind of like chapters in the movie. And then it was commenting on the movie. I thought that was super well done. Mm-hmm. Very yeah. well done. I thought it was good to kind of pace it to. I, I didn't, I, I knew almost nothing about this film. And in fact, I was misinformed because the little bits that I had seen him post on social media, it said to me that it was about the lockdowns and the quarantines and all that, but it really wasn't, in my opinion. That was so, purposeful too. They did not want to even mention the pandemic because they didn't want to lock it in that frame of time. Right. Well. And you would lose a lot of viewers because I don't think people most, I shouldn't say most, I think there's a large segment of the populace that just don't want to watch that anymore. So, yeah. So they purposely didn't mention it. Yeah, that was smart. But I'm saying his social media posts were a little bit different. And so I thought it was going to be a different thing than it was. But end of act one, when he says, Will died last night, really powerful because I didn't see it coming. I didn't see it coming at all. Right. And really good acting from him to portray that grief. It wasn't a cliched grief, so I really give him credit for that. So that was that was interesting. I di- did mention that not long after that, at 34, 35, he uses the word relationship, and I definitely, I mean, I noted it and put it down. The midpoint is where she enables the video, and he sees the bruising. So now it's kind of like the role reversal, where is he going to help her, or mm-hmm. she's been helping him. I thought it was interesting. I teach them gringo Spanish. <laughs> was a good line. And again, this is one of those things where if you'd flip that around, people probably would have been upset if he used any sort of pejorative for her. But I, I thought it was good to see kind of her her dropping the guard from being the teacher who's in a service profession, like, oh, everything you say is smart. And then the twist, at, uh, like, a, you know, nearing the end of Act 2 where she says, I found a lump. 
So again, really powerful. Didn't see it coming. So I thought it was, I mean, for like, if they filmed it in four weeks, they wrote it in one or something. That's a really, really good job of Mark and Natalie. And post. Yeah, like I can't, I can't even imagine how many, did they have just a couple of days to pound out the beats? That's incredible. I know. When I heard that, I was surprised too. So what they did is their DP sent them all a home rig and it was built on an Ikea cutting board. Like the webcam went. Okay. I immediately love this DP. That's awesome. I know. I want to see it. Totes. So the webcam went above the computer so that their eyeline would match. Right. And get this. You're you're going to totally tech nerd out on this. The type of webcam that they had remotely, their DP could adjust the, <sighs> like the, not only the framing, right, but probably what, like an f-stop or a, maybe yeah, aperture and those kinds of of technical stuffs. Yeah, he could do that remotely. That's so pretty, yeah. they had to do their own lighting. They mm-hmm. they Natalie did her own hair and makeup. Picked out wardrobe, obviously. Okay, I'm gonna back up a tiny bit. She did bruising makeup. She did. Mad props. Right. Yep. Yeah. Nobody, because this was, you know. Full early, lockdown. Early, yeah, it was full. But. So they were each, so that used to be Mark's, it, he's since moved, but that was Mark's house. That was her house. I was going to ask, because damn, he's got a nice house. Like making mumblecore movies is apparently very profitable, it looks like. You know, back a hundred years ago, actors would do all their own makeup. Mm-hmm. So tip of the cap to her. Mm-hmm. I thought the um, same thing. One of the things, though, about that, which is smart from the DP, is because it was streaming, he could adjust the lights just on the phone. He could have them, all right, Mark, turn on the camera. Nope, nope, more. Nope, move it to the right. So luckily, he was able to probably just adjust the lighting live, but they were their own gaffer. But they also, because they're recording throughout the day, the light would change coming through windows. So they yeah, had, you need to be careful. You yeah. don't have many takes. You're yeah. going to have to to um, to film it. And then there were some exteriors, which obviously had to be shot at the right time of day when he's in the pool. Yes, yes. And then I thought this was cool. They were very intentional, um, or Natalie was, that her internet being down in Costa Rica would be worse than his. Oh, so yes. a little bit more grain was added yes. to hers. Oh. But get this, because I was I was thinking of this and I think maybe you mentioned this, like it would all have to be like long takes. But if we rewatched it, you would probably see it. They would use the fact that we would go from like kind of her perspective where she would be in the small box and he would right. be filling mo- that's a, most. That's a take or a cut. I mean, that's a cut. Yeah. So they could flip from her perspective and his perspective to hide right. a cut. And then the other thing they would do is that, well, I think they did. I didn't hear this, but I felt like I watched this. It would cut out or it would glitch. Yes. And I thought, oh, you could hide a cut that way Absolutely. too. Um, I did make a note that her camera was out of focus more often and had crappy bandwidth. Yep. So they did that well. Yep. I loved the picture, picture, right? Yeah. That was really cool way to do a two shot with people who are in different countries. Such a great way, but also you could hide a cut with it. And hide a cut. But here's for the DP and maybe the editor, but more the DP, I think. You had to ahead of time frame it to be picture in picture. Yeah. And subtitled. So across the, you know, when he's telling Natalie Mark to set up the camera, he would have had to actually frame it differently than he would have if it was just a single shot with no subtitles. What do you mean? Well, he'd have to leave more room. 
So let's say in Mark's shot, Mark would have to be higher in the frame. There'd have to be more chest to leave room for that subtitle. But then also knowing that Natalie's picture in picture is going to be off to the side, it would change how you would frame things. Hmm. So that's like just a tour de force. I this know. is in really an impressive. Weeks. This is what happens film. when you lock up filmmakers and don't let <laughs> right. them get on set. <laughs> yeah. I, I just, I am like in awe of how well they did this mm-hmm. given the constraints at that time. Mm-hmm. Right. Incredible. Mm-hmm. Really do- just incredible. I love it. Kudos, Natalie and Mark. Yeah. All right. So you mentioned that it's Mark's actual house at the time, at least. Uh huh. Was that Natalie's actual coffee mug? Because her coffee mug looked handmade, so I didn't know if that was one she it made. It would have or, to be, unless yeah. I guess she bought one online and had it shipped to right, her. Right. So I love to know the story behind that. I know. I liked how, from a story perspective, that her background changed. Because at one point, maybe she's moving out. And so I don't know if you were aware of that. Oh, but... yeah. And now I just realized she had to do that all herself. Yeah. Damn, girl. <laughs> That's like, that is... Wow. Yeah, just no, wow. It reminded me of you in listening to their interviews because everything was so intentional mm-hmm. and they did their job because as I was watching the film, I mean, I noticed that things were changing and it formed the story, but I, it didn't bump me. It didn't take me out of the film noticing those things, if that makes right. sense. Totally. And then I, as someone who has run sound before, especially outside, <laughs> I did catch that a, a when one of the times when Mark was outside in the pool, a plane went overhead and I thought, yep, you just got to roll with it. <laughs> right. Especially like we said, because it's just him out there. This is you're going to have to get this take pretty quick or the light's going to change. Right. I know. I thought it was funny. And then I think I really enjoyed the sounds, the sound effects of Zoom, like when you or when you send a text, that noise yeah. that we all know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so I like the different sound effects of the video messaging or like the FaceTime. It's funny, I don't FaceTime that much, but I know all of those sound effects because I think of watching shows that are always FaceTiming. Yeah, that explains it, though, because I had made a note where these really shot on iPhones. And depending on the era and what phone they have, but this makes sense that that video, because when you mentioned FaceTiming, one of the problems with most FaceTiming is people are holding their phone. So you see up their nose. But this, it was a nice eye line. It was well done. Yeah, that's curious. There's that scene where he goes walking in his neighborhood. Yeah. And I liked how the street light was basically the light source, you could yeah. tell. And I wonder if they put the webcam, well, they probably, depending on if it was wireless, but if they put it or it was just his phone. Yeah, it's possible for that shot. They, they just it used just his phone. phone. Was there head trauma in this one? Okay, so I have two notes, both off screen. One is I think there is a pummeling at 2 minutes 45 when Adam wrestles with his husband for scaring him. And then... They were scuffling. Ooh, nice word. They were scuffling. So it was a head scuffle. That's courtesy of Ada Serpus. And at 16 minutes, Will dies from head trauma from being hit by a motor vehicle so even though it's off screen, that is non-humorous head trauma. Very sad. Yeah. Not at all funny. Nope. All right. And since they were both at their home zooming, I think I know the answer. But did we get a smoochie? Smoochie, smoochie, smoochie. We did not get a smoochie. Okay. And I think I know the answer to this one. Do you have a driving review? 
Just a note, drivers, do not strike runners with your motor vehicle. Mm, sad face. Steer around them. Yes, please. And and runners, please wear reflective gear. Yeah, actually, this is a good point. I, I, I want to say in, that. Yeah. Th- there are fantastic reflective surfaces that they make now, and you can get gear, including, as we saw, a guy had gloves and shoes that are this bright, lime green and they reflect light from like a thousand yards away people please wear some reflective gear at night i know that the pedestrians have the right away but please make yourself visible when i see people in their ninja outfit of a black hoodie and and black sweatpants i think why do you need to be camouflaged at I, night I, too. Yeah, it's yeah, scary yeah. so that's don't my request <laughs> yeah in fact maybe that's i can look into that we can get some dodge podcast branded <laughs> reflective gear people could wear maybe a, maybe a cool like a wool cap or something yes please be careful out there shall we go to the numbers let's go to the numbers okay well here's the thing i don't have a budget for this film you can't because mark basically told natalie i will pay for everything and if it sucks nobody has to see it right <laughs> well i thought so for- maybe he would give somebody a number but i couldn't find one so in keeping with the conditions of the filming, this did not get a theatrical release. This it went, did not. So I, I'm not surprised. We, How do you even capture, quote unquote, box office for this film? Right. Oh, well, I have, it says, I don't even understand this because it came out in 2021. I don't know if it came out. You know how in order to be considered for the Oscars, I believe it's like you have to be in five screens in L.A. or something. Right. Because I do have a domestic take of 26,000, which is 35% of the total gross opening weekend and then worldwide 73,000. So yeah, that, I mean, that, that sounds like you said they four walled at some place. Yeah, because I think that this first came out on Apple TV, but I think we watched, I thought I looked I wanted that. to oh, say, yeah, we maybe... watched it on H. Or was that the last one? I thought Netflix, but it's one of the streaming services. We absolutely watched it on a streaming service. Yeah, I don't yeah, know. It, right now it's on HBO Max. Hulu with Max or Prime with, yeah, HBO Max. But Oh, it's on Canopy too. Oh, that's great, Canopy. So I, I didn't want to, you know, crap on their point. I was just more saying I, I don't really know how you could use box office to rank its success in this case because they presumably got money from the streaming service. Yeah. That hopefully covered what Mark put up. Right. So let's look at their IMDb scores. It let's. got a 7.1 out of 10. I think that's low. Yeah. I would, I mean, I would give it a seven or an eight. I really liked it. I would give it at least an eight. Wow. At least an eight. You like this one better than the photograph then. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, Lots wow. More. Oh, okay. Cool. Let's see. And critics agree with you. They give it a 96%. Uh, th- I, I can totally see that. Yeah. And audiences loved it too at 82%. Yeah, it is a really good film. I really and liked when it. I think about how they shot it, it's amazing. I know, I know. Kudos from these filmmakers to those. So this is probably the bane of film students across the country when they tell their professor, my film sucked because I didn't have a big budget. Yeah. The professor says, go watch that film. Yeah. Did you have a webcam? Yeah, this, you could make a film. Right. This is classic Duplass, though. Oh, it totally is. <laughs> it is right down. So when he said he'd pay for everything, there's not a lot to pay for. Right. But yeah, no, it's great. It's super impressed. But see, this is this is exactly why he's a Jedi master. Yeah. Because 
they told a great story、uh-huh. and they didn't need to have explosions or special effects or whatever.、Yeah. That to me is great storytelling. Yep, absolutely, hundred percent. It came in at just an hour and a half, so ninety minutes, and you've got this movie watched. It does not have a rating. I wonder, are there no swears? I think there are、uh, s- some of the swear words. I would say it feels PG thirteen to me for、yeah. those who care about that. Uh-huh. Uh huh. It's listed as a comedy drama. It's a Duplass Brothers productions. And Natalie won for best first feature at the San Francisco International LGBTQ Film Festival. She also won filmmaker on the rise for her other film that she was that she did at, right after this. So while she was doing Plan B, which we watched and we endorse, she was editing this film, and she won best narrative feature from the Providence International Film Festival, and they won narrative spotlight at South by Southwest. That's pretty good. So、yeah. it's done very well. That'll do it for us this week in our second of the four films that we're doing for February. See if you can guess the theme. Email me, text me, call me. All the information is in the show notes, and tell me what you think the theme for this month is. And never forget, dodges never stop, and neither do the movies. Thanks for listening to Dodge Movie Podcast with Christy and Mike Dodge of Dodge Media Productions. To find out more about this podcast and what we do, go to dodgemediaproductions.com. Subscribe, share, leave a comment, and tell us what we should watch next. Dodges never stop, and neither do the movies.